Hey everyone, welcome back to the San Antonio College Cough Podcast. My name is Luis, your host as always, and today I have a special guest with me. But before we go introducing him, let's go into why we do this. So we believe that Jesus wants to be known, and that he wants to know you. And we believe that you don't need a theology degree or have grown up your whole life as a Christian to know who God is. We believe that our God is for the common man, and that he can meet us wherever we are in our walk of life. So we encourage you to listen close as we dive into our topic of being a discipler. So... Listener, my special guest is a great friend. His name is RJ. RJ, would you like uh, to introduce yourself? Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is RJ. What, are, what do you like to do, RJ? <laughs> uh, I like to ride BMX and play Magic the Gathering. Okay, okay, okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Can't do the BMX thing. I think I'm always going to like tear my ACL or something. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so if you guys don't know, uh, RJ, RJ was in my small group also with, uh, our other guest drew. Um, and he has been leading a small group now, what, five, four years, four years, this four, fourth yeah, year. four years. And you're moving on to Cincinnati, Ohio, the, uh, the big Cincy, huh? The old Cincy. Dude, I'm excited for you. That's going to be awesome. So, um, obviously we know about this topic. Uh, hopefully, if we've been doing it for this long, we know a little bit about it. Uh, but uh, I think of what does it mean to be a discipler? Like what, when you hear the word discipler, what do you think about? Uh, I think I think about a leader. Okay. Uh, but not just like in like the worldly sense, but like somebody who has a relationship with God and knows that that their responsibility uh isn't just to like have the relationship with God, but to, to lead others to mm. know God also. That's good. So yeah, I think of, I think of the same thing. I think of someone who, uh, who wants to lead someone to help them know who Jesus is more, uh, when it comes to the Christian aspect. But, yeah. uh, I, yeah, I think it's someone who, uh, gives of themselves for other people to help lead them into something greater Yeah, than themselves. Um, I think it's, I think that's good. I think, uh, I don't know. Do you guys, do you have like, other than Paul, we talked about Paul and Timothy. Do you think there's any other like examples in the Bible that you can think of, even if it's old or new Testament? Oh yeah. Uh, I think of Elijah and Elisha. Mm. Uh, I think that like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of salt throughout the Bible. Uh, you can look at even Jesus and any of his disciples. Yeah, he was the discipler, and they were the disciples. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think there's also like a great example of both bad and good leaders. Yeah, uh, I think of like like Saul and David. You know, they were he was meant like Saul was a great king. Yeah, and you know he did some things that weren't, and he lost his leadership. But the worst thing that he did was that he immediately rebuked David for it. Yeah. You know, like he went after him. So you get the, you get both aspects. You get to see Saul and David. And then, like you said, you have Elijah and Elisha with the Old Testament, um, which is a great example. And then, of course, Jesus and his disciples. You get to see that. So I would, I would ask what, uh, what makes a good discipler? I think what makes a good discipler is first and foremost somebody who uh, 
has been a disciple. Mm. Someone who understands that, uh, like, you have to have a relationship with Jesus, like, who's willing to learn and willing to to be tested yeah. in the fire of discipleship. Okay. Anything else? Uh, just a willingness to to learn, uh, like, to be able to take correction. Mm. To be able to give correction also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think also what makes a discipler is somebody who has a a hunger to, to know more. Yeah. Like knowledge. So like a reader. Mm. Uh, I think that's a big thing is to just never be satisfied with where you're at. Ooh, that's good. Always want to always realize that there's more, more of Christ. Yeah. More of God. Uh, I think a big thing that marks a discipler is, uh, like, do they have the Holy Spirit? Ooh. Do they have like that extra power that more, th- it's more the same God you already know. But I think what, what really makes a discipler is somebody who recognizes that, that God, I can't, I can't do these things on my own. Yeah. I, I can't meet these people on my own. I can't, I can't get up and talk to these people on my own. Like I need help. I need, I need that extra boldness, that extra courage that only comes from the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I think, I think what you said is uh, like the whole leaders is re- our readers, you know, that there is a, uh, a drive to want to know more. Yeah. Um, I think also it's someone who, can understand where people are f- coming from. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, Paul says he became all things to all men so he can reach all men. And like, granted, some people can take that and misconstrue it, but yeah. they can misconstrue it quite a bit. Um, but I think what he's saying is like, you know, I became the Jew to know the Jews. Yeah. I became the Gentile to know the Gentile, like to understand where they're coming from to understand how to reach them. And I think that's a really important part of a discipler because, you know, we talked about it with Drew about uh, genuineness. If they don't genuinely know where people are struggling or what they do or where they're from, then how can they ever really know them? Yeah. So I think that's really good. I think uh, the Holy Spirit, huge. Without it, it's it's so much harder definitely it's so much harder i think that's a i think that's a really good thing that uh to talk about um i also think of uh a good discipler is a good friend definitely yeah um i think of a podcast uh which we'll put the the link uh the link or the description uh when we post this but I think of there's a podcast by uh, the Campus Ministry Leadership Podcast uh, run by another group of amazing Kyle guys uh, up in North Texas. Uh, they do one. It's like making lifelong fellowship or friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with a guy named Josh Nicholas who's at uh, A&M. And I remember listening to that one and just the the openness that he had with the people that he's trying to to disciple and make friends with like i remember at the end of it they say uh they ask him like it seems like you give a lot to these people what happens when they don't 
follow or they don't do this. And he just like, he just said, well, that's okay. He's like, I'll just continue to be their friend and I'll move on and make more. Yeah. And you're like, so counter culture to what you think you're like, no, I got to find the right guy that I'm going to pour into and he's going to go on. And it's like, no man, like you're trying to make a friend. Yeah. You're trying to make someone who cares about you and that you care about them. Yeah. And sometimes it's not the easiest. So I think it's really good. So with, you know, what it takes to, what makes a good discipler, I would ask, uh, how do we find a good discipler in a sense? Like how do we, or how do we find disciples? Like how, what do we do? Like, how do we do this? To find disciples or disciplers? Find disciples. Let's say, let's do disciples. Uh, first and foremost, it's just like finding a friend. Yeah. Uh, I know like when I first met you, you probably weren't immediately like, who's going to be a disciple? Yeah. But it's like, you're like, who, who can I find that's going to be my friend? Mm. And it's like through that friendship, like you began to, to share with me and like speak into my life, like the things that you were learning and the things that you knew. Yeah. And like through that, I, I feel like it was just naturally like I became a disciple. Mm. Uh, but it was first and foremost because like you had my heart and I had your heart. Mm. Like I knew that I knew that you were my friend. And that, like, what you were saying came from a place of love and from a place of care. Yeah. And I think that's, like, the first, like, that's one of the big things is sometimes we, we try to make somebody a disciple without really having, uh, like, that relationship with them. Yeah. And it's almost kind of like, like, just like a teacher at school. Mm. And it's like, but it's like, like we, we sometimes we say like rules without relationship lead to rebellion. It's like if I just walk up to somebody on the campus and I'm like, hey, you're going to be in my Bible study and you're going to be my disciple. And they're like, no, no, I'm not. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know why you just said this to me. Like, get out of my face. Yeah. But it's like if you're like, hey, like, I don't see it in you right now. Like you might be kind of rough around the edges, but like I love you and I want to be your friend. And I mm. think that's like the best place to start with making a disciple. Yeah. It's just start with a genuine, a genuine, like, I want to, I want to be your friend. Yeah. And it's like, from there, you kind of hold the crown above their head and you Mm. let them grow into it. Dude, E. Stanley Jones, one of my favorite quotes. (laughs) So good. That's such a good quote. Yeah. Because it's so true. Like, you, you make expectations for people, but you don't hold them so tightly to that expectation you know and but i think it's so true like like what you said like you put a crown on someone's head and you watch them go into it you see them grow from who they were into what they can be yeah and that is like amazing to see to see like i remember you you know (laughs) i remember meeting you you were like super quiet and shy and you didn't really want to talk to me i was was a punk (laughs) I remember moving all your stuff in by myself with you. That was great. It was awesome. And, uh, and, but I remember like there was a moment when after like all this kind of awkwardness, like we both really like 
didn't know how to talk to each other and we're still trying to like feel each other out as friends. I remember there was a moment when he just opened up. Yeah. And I knew like this was it. And I think that's like the, like, that's what we're, like you said, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to make people friends. Like, cause I knew if I would have tried to been like, yo bro, you're doing this wrong before that. It would not have worked out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that's so true. And I think when it comes to finding disciples, you just got to put yourself out there. Definitely. Yeah. Like if you, if you want a friend, like if you want to be a, like want a friend, be a friend. Yeah. You know? And even if that person may not be like your best friend, you're still their friend. Um, I think of like all the guys that I've talked to. Uh, who never came to my small group, but they knew me and they knew what I was about and they understood it, you know? And my hope is that in the future they get to know Jesus by, and if it's just like through one thing that I said to them or how I treated them and it helps them to find and seek that, dude, I'm down for it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, that's, that's all I can hope for. So I think that's really good. I think, I think there is a necessity of going and being a friend, making friendships, but putting yourself out there and not being afraid of people saying no. Um, yeah. So it's definitely about like who you do this for. Mm, it's like, yeah. are you doing this like for man? Or are you doing this for God? Cause it's yeah. like, if you're doing it for God, it's like, yeah, I'm just going out there. I'm just gonna, yeah. Like, not that I don't care who it is, but it's like, I know what I have mm-hmm. is like, worth so much more than anybody's opinion or anybody's idea and it's like i just want people to like have this same relationship with god that i have and it's like so i'm just gonna go out and i'm gonna tell anybody and everybody that's good so you know we've done this collectively for 10 years you perform me for six uh almost seven so i would ask what did it cost like what like being a discipler, it both being a disciple and a discipler is not easy. Yeah. And there, and like, what did it cost you? Like, what is it? What did you have to give up? Or like, what do you felt like you had to give up and things like that? So, uh, to be a discipler, it does definitely cost, cost everything. Yeah. Uh, like there's, there's so many decisions that like you make on a daily basis that you don't realize uh sometimes you don't realize like how many decisions you make or like how big they are yeah until you're having to filter them through the lens of like how does this help me like how does this give me the best advantage in like making disciples yeah it's like from like the job you work to the place you live mm. uh to like the people you hang out with the clothes you wear like things like that it's like uh i remember when I was still in school, I, I would, I was looking for a job and, and you, you were telling me like, yeah, you can work somewhere where they're going to work you hard and they're going to give you a lot of hours. It's like, but you might not be able to make disciples in doing that. Mm-hmm. Like you might not be able to spend time on campus, like meeting students. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like, that's one thing where it's like, oh, well maybe I'm making less money because like, I want to be able to spend my time like making disciples. Yeah. Uh, or it's like where you live, it's like, oh, I can get a cheaper apartment that's like further away from campus. But 
guys can't walk over to my house and like yeah. spend time with me and my roommates. Mm-hmm. If I do that, it's like, okay, I'm going to get this house. that's like two minutes from campus. Like everybody like is going to know where it is. It's like, it's kind of an older house. Like maybe not the best, but it's like, I'm doing this cause I want to make disciples. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a point where you, you told me that even sometimes the way you dress can affect like how people like whether people like kids like people tend to make a assumptions about you based off the first few seconds and yeah i remember you told me like sometimes the way you dress like sometimes people don't want to be like don't want to hang out not hang out with you but it's like people are like oh like just a guy who's wearing shorts and like chacos all the time <laughs> yep. you're like hey sometimes you know if you dress a little bit nicer it's like people like people's first impression is like okay maybe i do want to talk to this guy yeah and it's like well that's not as comfortable but it's like uh, that's what it costs yeah uh like the the even sometimes like the degree you get mm. or like what you do after you get out of college like i remember coming to college i was a biology major biology major and doing pre-med yeah and like after like i met you and after like the lord did like an amazing thing in my life and i was like okay like, I want to make disciples for the rest of my life. So I was like, okay, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Like, yeah. I want to be a missionary. And it's like, oh, to go from, like, a doctor to, like, a missionary, it's, like, significant difference. But yeah. it's like, like, like I, I had to count the cost. And I was like, okay, yeah. Jesus, you're worth it. Yeah. And it's like the, the guys who walk by me on campus every day, like, the souls that I see every day, like, they're worth it also. Mm, that's good. That's so good. And – Listener, don't feel like if you don't want to be a missionary and you want to be a doctor, you can't do that. No, I think, I think, uh, I think you're right though. It does cost a lot. Yeah. And every decision you make costs something. So, you know, it costs us time. Like my time is not my own time anymore. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, especially with kids, that's now for me, it's very real. My time is not my own time. Uh, there's very little time where we have to ourselves as parents, but I think as disciples, it's the same thing. Like with, uh, with like Craig, I think of Craig and me and me and his small group, I gave him like no time to himself a lot of the time. Like I was at his house like every day. Yeah. Every day from morning till night. And I worked as an RA and I remember I used to go hang out at his place and I'd have the on-call phone <laughs> and I would like, luckily they were at CHAP. So I just like, it was like a quick little jog yeah, to get back there. But um, yeah, I think, but I, at the same time, I know of tons of people that have gone into the workforce that are still making disciples. Yeah. And it costs them a little bit of their time. It costs them a little bit of their decisions. Like, you know, when they're at work, am I going to eat lunch by myself or am I going to meet my coworkers and pour into them? Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, that's the thing is that you, you count the cost and we know it's not free. You know, we know that disciple making is not a free thing. Yeah. Um, and everything that we do in our lives is not free. It costs something. And uh, I think, I think it can be, it can be so rewarding though. Definitely. You know, like I look at, I look at you and drew like the men that I, that I helped you to become through God, 
not through my own power, but through what, what God did through me and through y'all. Yeah. And I get to see, you know, you get married in what, two, three months now? Three months. Three months, you know, and you're going to move to the other side of the country. Yeah. And, but I get to see you grow as a man and to see you build a Chi Alpha with another man of God from scratch. Yeah. You know, and I think of Drew, who I get to see him grow into what he, what the man he's become and to go and lead and start a Chi Alpha from scratch with another guy that I love dearly as a brother, you know? Yeah. And that's like the, I think that's to me the reward sometimes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it, I think it's so worth it. It's so worth the cost. Um, you know, I, so I'm, I'm grateful that we, that we know the, this and that we can do this and we have counted the cost, you know? So the last thing I would ask is with, you know, what it means to be a discipler, what makes a good discipler, counting the costs, like how do we find disciples? I think, uh, you talked a little bit about it when we say count the cost, but how do you live this out? Like, how is this lived out in your everyday life? Like maybe give me an example, like, you know, maybe with someone that you've discipled, like, what did it, like, how did you live it out? What what did you do? Uh, I think for example, uh, my good friend, Christian, yeah. Uh, Christian Acuna, uh, I met him as a freshman, uh, at late night at the rec i did not really want to go but i was like i want to make a friend yeah and so i went and i saw him sit uh sitting in the stands watching some guys play basketball and i went and i started talking to him and and like through that he was like yeah like let's hang out and so we started hanging out and like the more we hung out and like the more we became better friends and like our relationship changed from just like like friend and friend to like disciple and discipler mm-hmm. uh he began to to come to me more for for help yeah. and it, it wasn't always at the like the most opportune times because we were both students and so there were times where it's like oh yeah like i'm studying for a test but it's like you really need to talk to me right now mm-hmm. it's like all right yeah like like i'm gonna set aside i can set aside what i'm doing to like talk to you mm. or it's like oh you really need like help to get here it's like okay i don't have a car either but I'm going to help you find out how we're going to do this. And like through this, like through this like trip, like we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to like become better friends. Like I'm going to like get to share it in his life. Yeah. Uh, like even now it's like when I wake up, it's like I can sit here in my room and like read by myself and like have coffee by myself and like do that. Or I can like, go to campus and I can like go to Starbucks and, and try to meet somebody there. I can invite a friend to come read with me. Yeah. Uh, like whenever I'm studying something, it's like, all right, I tend to study better by myself, but it's like, okay, this could be an amazing opportunity to like, ha- like ask a friend to come study with me. Yeah. And like through this, he's like, he can see like, Oh, like he's taking responsibility for what he has to do. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, it, it's oftentimes like, okay, 
I don't want to do this. It would be easier if I could do this on my own, Mm -hmm. but I'm choosing to like invite other people into it or I'm choosing to, to do this with somebody else uh, because it's, it would be a good opportunity for them to learn more and it'd be a good opportunity to establish that relationship more. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think of, um, I think of y'all, I think of you and drew. Uh, I remember being having you guys in small group i had been married for a year and i had a kid yeah <laughs> i had a petra was let's see i met you guys in august so that means petra was about f- five months no she was i'm trying to think was she pregnant or no no no, no. she was a year petra was born at the end of our freshman year. That's right. We, we were still in, in small group. That's right. I just, yeah, because that's right. My second year on staff was when I was married with Kayla, when yeah. I got married to Kayla. Because when I first met you, you guys had been married for like six months already. Not even, dude. It was like, I think it was f- three months, bro. <laughs> it was three months of being married to my wife and I met you guys. And I yeah. remember she was pregnant. Like we had just found out. And I remember telling you guys and I, I brought you guys into my life. Yeah. I remember meeting in my little apartment with you. Apartment. Yeah. With you, with you two and Drake and Luke and Jose and Josh and Josh. Oh man. That was, that was the crew. That was the crew. I remember that. And, but I, I think that's what it was is like, I just brought you guys into my life. Yeah. Like that's how I did it is I made you guys be a part of my family. Um, and I think with, that's what it comes down to. Like discipleship is not just a teacher, like mentor mentee relationship, but it's a friendship, but a familial friendship. Yeah. Like you guys are a part of my family, you know, like I, like jokingly, we, I call you children or sons, but I mean it like you guys are like, like sons to me, like kids that I cared for and I would do anything for. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the the beautiful thing about discipleship is that you get to make a relationship that'll last for more than four years. Yeah. You know, there'll be days when I get to meet your kids. You know, I get to be at your wedding. Yeah. I'll be at Drew's wedding, you know, and I'll see I'll see y'all grow up to be men of God not only as what you are now, because you are men of God, but as fathers. Yeah. And that's like, that's the thing that uh, I think is what happens when, like this is how we do it. We just, we make it happen in our lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I definitely know that like there are times where you would invite me over and like, it couldn't have been like super convenient, (laughs) but it's like, you would do it anyway. Like I didn't have a car and it's like, you would come get me, like bring me over to your apartment and like make food for us. Yeah. And it's like, I get to hang out with like you and Kayla and stuff like that. And I know like in my life personally, like I didn't realize it at the time, but it's like, that was like, that was a big like deal breaker and like a, like a life changing thing. Cause 
I know like for me, like growing up, my parents uh, got divorced when I was really young and I didn't realize until I was in college, but like I had a very warped view of marriage and mm-hmm. relationships and I never thought that any relationship like would work. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was kind of like you just stay at it until you can't anymore. Then you get divorced and you get married again and yeah. stuff like that. And it wasn't until like I, I like saw the way you and Kayla had your relationship and the way like you loved her and like that your relationship was first and foremost rooted in, in the Lord. And it wasn't something that you had to tell me. Yeah. It was just that because you brought me into your life, because uh, you love me and like you were like, you're my friend, like I'm going to bring you into my life. I like saw those things. Yeah. And it's like, I, I can honestly say today that like, I probably wouldn't be where I am with Catherine, like getting married in three months. If it wasn't for like the way you brought me into your life, the way you opened your life up to me and like the way you were yeah. like vulnerable with me and like, yeah, this is like the realness of like marriage. This is the realness of ministry and things like that. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful. So, I think I think we've talked a lot about about a lot of stuff. I would ask, with this topic, with being a discipler, is there any books or resources that you felt have really helped you understand this better? Uh, spiritual leadership. Yeah. Spiritual discipleship. Yep. And lead so others can follow. Yep. So, first two by J. Oswald Sanders, and then uh, by by James Bradford. Good old Jim Bradford. Yeah. Those are great books, really simple, but it's like it really encompasses the the idea of like an all around look at like mm. dis- discipleship and not yeah. just from like a discipler, but like because to, to be a discipler, you also have to be a disciple. Yeah. It's like everybody should always have a, a, a Paul and everybody should always have a Timothy. Yep. You should always have somebody who's pouring into you and you should always have somebody who you're pouring into. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think those are great. Uh, spiritual leadership is definitely one of mine. Uh, I think that book is amazing. Uh, it's a classic. I yeah. mean, it's literally a classic. And um, I think of uh, I think of the cost of discipleship by Bonhoeffer. Definitely, yeah. Um, when it comes to like what it means to be a disciple and what it costs, super necessary. Um, and then I would say the passion like a book that gave me the passion to want to win souls more was the wondrous joy of soul winning by r.a tory if you don't have it get it you need to get it it's <laughs> so good um but yeah i think i think that's really good i think those are great resources and i'll also post uh, the podcast episode i think i've said it before in the podcast but can't say it enough it's honestly one of the best podcasts that i've ever listened to um so I just want to thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm excited to be at your wedding uh, and officiate it. I'm super nervous. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm grateful for you. Uh, Listeners, we're grateful for you for listening, uh, for being here with us, uh, for walking this journey with us, you know. Um, And we love you guys. We're so grateful. Uh, I hope this episode ministered to you. And again, if you have any questions, please reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, We'd love to talk. Y'all have a good one. God bless.